starting could have been a general mix-up of everybody everybody uh, no i've got to be honest um mom was slightly delayed so i didn't see the end of the uh the intro <laughs> i was written on richie i was like okay this looks professional someone speak <laughs> no not at all uh, well evening everyone we're back again it feels like we've been back every night this week but we are back for a new different kind of show and we talked a little bit about it last night when promoting it and it is called United and United for a reason. And actually, quite early on in Loaded Mag NUFC's journey, we talked about, um, you know, uh, not just uh, the five of us talking NUFC, but obviously sharing that experience with, with other YouTubers and other, um, other accounts and other Newcastle United like-minded supporters. So it is um, an absolute pleasure to have um, both uh, Lee from Newcastle Fans TV um, and also uh, we have Alex Hurst from uh, True Faith Podcast. Uh, so welcome, boys. Welcome to United. Just having us. Thanks for having us. No, it's an absolute, absolute pleasure to, to have you. And look, uh, we'll get straight into it in, the, in terms of, you know, it's been a bit of a whirlwind probably since we last spoke and since both of you have really kind of last been on. Um, uh, loaded mag game UFC, and obviously the, the takeovers come about. I think the last time we we spoke, we were either, either in Lee's case, we're, we're in a, an awful pre season process, um, a real dog awful, um, literally. Um, if you look at Lee's screen, uh, pre season process, but also from Alex's point of view, we were, we were in the midst of a relegation battle, um, and it looked like we were you know heading one way. It's all changed. Um, new owners, uh, new perspective, um, new manager, uh, and in some cases, uh, a number of new players. Now, what uh, you know? What, what is your assessment on on not necessarily the season because I think we've we've probably all talked about that. But what what is your assessment on where the club is right now in terms of what the owners have done and where we're at as a football club? Where, where how would you assess that so far? Um, Lee, we'll start with you. I think whoever comes in after Mike Ashley is only going to be one way up anyways because there's so many small things that you can change that wins the fans on board straight away. Like simple stuff like changing the Shearer statue, renaming his bar, win-win. There's loads of stuff painting the stadium. I mean, who would celebrate painting the stadium? Um, we've only just seen it this week, you know, inside the ground as well, that the, the new deco is going up as well. So there's plenty, and obviously on the pitch, of course, with the money being spent. We always knew that Amanda Stavis' ambition was to come in and spend the money, but also... You mentioned United, and that's what we are now as a fan base. There's a lot of fan base used to clash, in particular on social media, 
that you can say it's all coming to one. We all want one aim is to see our club climb that table and start a compete. I don't know how old everybody is, but you know, remember the nights in Europe under Bobby and going even before that, Kevin Keegan. I mean, I was 95, 96 was my first ever season. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, bloody hell, this is great being a Newcastle fan. You know, and on my doorstep, and obviously we've had absolute turmoil. But at the minute, you know, you, I always used to use the word hope. You know, it's the hope, it's the hope, it's the hope. It, once we get rid of Mike Ashley, once we get rid of Mike Ashley. But now, it's it's just a good feel factor about not just on the pitch, off the pit, off the pitch, and we're waiting for this moment. And we've suffered for you know twelve, thirteen years, and it's fantastic to see. And it's great to be linked to big names. It's brilliant. Definitely, Alex. Uh, what, what's your what's your assessment of of things so far uh, with with the, with the new ownership and the, and the club in general? I don't think it's an exaggeration, Peter, to say that Newcastle United are are the best placed club in the Premier League currently in terms of you know satisfaction of the fan base, performance of the manager, performance of the owners, performance of the set of players. Like, is there another club apart from maybe Manchester City where you could look and think? Every single part of the football club is working really, really well, uh, and I, that's quite a special place to be. It's quite an unusual place to be, and and I, in some fans, but particularly me, I need to move on from before because I see the lads doing go karting, and the first thing I think of was, oh, could you imagine if they did this this time last year? How angry everyone would be! Like typical Bruce, he's got them go karting rather than uh, sprinting up and down mountains or whatever fans think we should do. So, no, it's it's in, it's in a great place, Pete and um, I think I think these foundations that they're building at the minute, you know, there are there's work being done on the academy, work being done on the training ground, like Lee said, work being done on the um, the stadium. The, 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 these are for the long term good of the football club, and and I and I really really like that. And what's great to see as well, some people in the past may have accused the owners of doing stuff for PR. It's a PR stunt. They don't really want to do it. It's a PR stunt. Well. All of the things they're doing and the continual improvements they're making to the football club are just kind of being done. There's no fanfare about them. It's just kind of, we're here, we're going to continue to improve in all areas and we're going to make Newcastle United the best club we can be. So, absolutely buzzing, mate, as you can tell. Yeah, too right. And I think I think it's fair to say that we're all feeling that way at the moment. But, you know, you, you've touched on one or two bits there in terms of, you know, uh, you know, what's next? You, you've mentioned the training ground, Alex. You've mentioned one or two other things that, you know, are maybe in the pipeline. But, you know, transfers and players coming in, I'm sure we'll get to talk about that um, as the show's coming on. But but I'll open this up to everybody, really. From your perspective, and I've been thinking about this today a little bit, I'm thinking about, you know, what what's next? What What's the next big thing that needs to happen at this football club to really give us... Uh, and obviously, I'm talking about transfers aside. That, that really gives us that feel that we are 100% going in the uh, the right direction. My my first thought previously was Dan Ashworth coming in. I thought that was huge uh, in terms of how that's going to be. He's going to be the pillar of the club in terms of how it takes forward from that point of view. But what is next? Uh, and look, I'll, I'm not going to point anyone out individually. Anyone wants to come in with that it, with their opinions of what you think is next. I, 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 well, I'll jump in. I think for me, it's seeing it's seeing the simple stuff that we haven't had for 14 years, Pete. So we chatted last night about the improvements in the ground, a splash of paint, the roof being cleaned, the the windows being cleaned, and I know a lot of other fans. You know, when 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 the the sports direct signs went and the windows got washed, 
a lot of other fans on Twitter, other clubs were taking the piss out of us going, oh, you, you know, you're happy, richest club in the world, you're washing your windows. But to, to us, that meant a lot because, you know, every second week we turned up in a stadium for those, you know, I, I, as you guys know, I don't live local, neither does Daz, so we don't get over as often. But when you do go, you know, that, that's your home, that's your, that's your, your stadium. So to see the simple things um, happening in the improvement around the club, the improvement um, in the paint, you know, bigger tellies back on the walls, you know, instead of the ones that were taken a few years back and the bolt holes were still in the walls from where the 60-inch ones were and stuff like that. So those, I think it's all the little things that that have added to that on, on top of the neglect of the team. It's all the other stuff. That has, I know you're, you're trying to throw me off with the pitches here because there was a player <laughs> up first and I wasn't sure if I was going elsewhere. Um, so I think it's all it's all the little things. Um, obviously, the redevelopment of the training ground, the investment, yeah. Dan Ashworth coming on board, people working within the club, being paid a decent wage, being paid above the minimum wage and being paid what they're worth. So for me, it's all those simple things that um, make make you look at it and go, you know, we've definitely got owners that, that care and want to and want to improve it in all aspects, not just the team. So if, for me it's all those little things and you know Daz is the lucky one he's getting over from Ireland for the for the Forest game and I will get over at some point. I'm I'm looking forward to coming back home and, and seeing everything and just walking back in and going, wow, you know, it's it's great to be part of. So I think I think Alex is right, you know, it's isn't it a great position to be in? Definitely. And that's, you know, uh, one thing's for sure, we are obviously investing into the club, but not investing the sort of wages that Jesse Lingard will be demanding, that's for sure. No, no. Um, no. But, uh, but yeah, um, just to just to come back to that, um, you know, lads, uh, any other thoughts? So, you know, you've Martin said about the little things, the little oh. things are kind of meaning more right now. Is there anything specific for, for you guys that you think actually, um, you know, this is what I want to see in order to ensure that we're, we're going in the right direction. I mean, and I, oh, sorry, go on, Lee, go on, mate. Yeah, mate. I think for me, because I'm a big advocate of women's football and youth football, I've said it before when you lads invited me on, it's great that now, um, because obviously the, the, the foundation had the women's team and now the, the club are going to take over and they're going to be paid. So I think big things are expected. And obviously you've seen the attendance when they were pushing for the women's game, which is the highest attendance across all of domestic football, which is incredible, over 22,000 coming into St. James's. So that's, that's for me. That's, you mentioned the small things, but that filters all the way down. And if you look at now, I know we haven't had many from the Youth Academy who've gone on to play a regular first-team football on a, a yearly basis. I would like to say, you know, the, the facilities improved, and of course they will do. You've seen it this summer that, yes, it's going to be a long-term thing, but short-term, they're trying to poach players from the likes of Scotland and England as well to come into the under-23s to make that a little bit more uh, competitive and try and get get promotion. So, for me, that's that's part of the area that doesn't get talked about much as a fan base, but I think it's something that I feel passionate about, and that's where the owners haven't forgotten about that as well. And they're, put, they're thinking the whole of the club, not just let's go and splash crazy money on Musa Diaby, for example, they're thinking of the smaller things as well. Yeah. Chris, you were going to say something? Yeah, do you know what? It was it was just to kind of it was just to kind of follow on from what Martin said. And like, you know, we, we, we could probably do a three or four hour show, couldn't we, based on, you know, all the things that the owners have done right, why we should all be excited, uh, what we've got to look forward to. But I suppose the thing for me, 
Um, and it might sound it might sound like a bit of a cop out, but the thing for me is I, I'm looking forward to seeing you know the performances on the pitch. I mean, we all know what happens at the start of last season, and we basically, as people have rightly said, you know, we gave the rest of the league a 14 game head start, and I think it's exciting knowing you know how prepared we are we've heard Callum Wilson talk about on a podcast with Mikel Antonio about how unfit the squad were we know that's not the case this season and I think for me it, it all those little things are absolutely right what everybody said but it kind of the performances on the pitch I think as soon as as soon as we get you know a bit of a bit of a on the crest of a wave there's no stopping us and I think you know if we make a strong start of the season and we bring in those couple of extra players that we're after we, we we can go anywhere and I think that's the exciting thing you know uh, fans have been talking about you know where can we finish what can we do this season and really it, it, it's like the impossible question because all those little things that mean so much to us like we've all been talking about you know like the statue being moved the windows the you know upgrading the facilities within the stadium they're all little minor things and PIF and the Rubens and uh, PCP, they must have been rubbing their hands together when they knew that this deal was going to go through because it literally is the perfect club to take over. You're looking at some of the you know, the other deals, look how much uh, Chelsea were bought for, and you think they've picked us up for a fraction of the price. They've got a whole city now behind the club. The every the, there's there's no negatives whatsoever. And mm-hmm. if if we can if we can make that strong start to the season, which we all believe that we're going to. Um, we're we're only going to go in one direction, and I think it's going to be like a snowball effect, and it's just going to have a pos- positive uh, outcome for everything. And you know, it's just it's just really exciting, and I, I'm really I'm really I can't remember the last time I looked forward to a season so much. In fact, I don't think I ever have looked forward to a season so much, and it's 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 great, you know, and it's it's nice that we all have smiles on our faces. Because normally, you know, when we when we were doing uh, when we were doing the shows a year ago, if you look, you know, we were laughing and joking, but we were making the best of a bad situation. Whereas now, it's just all positive. Everything we talk about is positive, and it's it's just so refreshing. Positive vibes, that's for sure. Uh, Richie, uh, anything in particular that you are looking at really is the is the next step in order to see that progression um, uh, for the club. I think everyone's ticked a little box that they'd like to see going forward. I think, you know, one of the major things which we've been behind for so many years, which we've seen a little bit getting developed on this year, is the training ground. Uh, I know Lee touched on it briefly before. Obviously, you know, for the academy coming, they're having better facilities, even just the, the you know the first team as well. Um, you know, there's rumours going on. There's a lot of talk going on that there's, you know, they're looking at uh, land for, you know, the new training ground going forward. I think so. I think that might... That, to me, could be another tick in the box and showing how far we've come in this short space of time. Um, you know, that we are starting to go to the next level. And I said, it's one of many things that have happened so far in, you know, what, nine months that literally nothing happened in the previous 14 years. So every little thing that we've mentioned is huge progression. So it's 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 not he's, he's starting to try and look for needle in haystacks now because we've done so much in that short space of time. No. I think that's a, a very valid point. And, and like you said, I think all of those little tick boxes that we've put across actually comes together to, to create something, um, uh, like you said, something absolutely massive going into next season. Alex, I'm not sure, because you came off, I'm not sure if you got a chance to, to put your opinion across. So the, the question was, 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 what do you think is, uh, what would you like to be that next big change? Transfers aside, 
what would you like to be that next big change in the club to, to for us to know that progression is taking place? Yeah, I think um, I think who is going to run the club is quite important. You know, Amanda and Murdad doing an absolutely unbelievable job, a, jo- a job that so many in the media said they were simply incapable of doing. Um, so it's not like it needs to happen for the club to progress because the club is progressing. However, the a lot of the same structure within the the structure within the club in terms of staff and department seems from the outside looking in to be similar. Uh, whilst everything is really positive, a lot of fan frustrations with the box office. You kind of you know. I understand why they haven't changed yet because there are bigger things to sort out on the football within the football club and particularly on the pitch. I think it'll be really interesting to see who the new MD slash CEO is going to be, Lee Charmley's replacement, who is going to run St. James's Park day to day and what impact are they going to have on the club. Now, the fact that it's taken so long to get someone suggests to me that they are doing, as they did with Ashworth, waiting for someone to serve notice somewhere else. And that's a good thing because it means whoever we're getting was doing a good job elsewhere. And it's not just your manager and your players you want to be taken from other other clubs. You want to take the best of every department from other clubs. So that's that's a big one for me, Peter. I re- I'm really interested to see who they bring in so we can have a look at their record, what they've achieved elsewhere, and maybe what we can expect moving forward. No, fantastic. Uh, some Some great points. All round, all very valid, and all um, things that we'll definitely see is making that progression into the into next season. Now, you know, Chris, you, I think you you might have touched on it. Actually, you touched on performances on the pitch. It is something that you'd like to see. Now, you know, the lads uh, for the last couple of weeks have been back on the pitch. Um, preseason training uh, is in full effect. Currently in Austria, training. You know, lots of images going round of the boys um, in pre-season training. Um, hopefully Lingard won't pop up this time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm about a second delayed. But yeah, here we go. Alison Maximin, Joe Willock. Um, the boys are in training, working hard. Um, and, you know, it's great to see one or two of those new players been integrated into the team. The likes of Callum Wilson getting a full pre-season. Um, uh, he was a little bit unfit last season, um, which he's talked about, which has affected this the the um, the start of his season, uh, Kieran Trippier is back in fully fit and also everyone saw on um, NUFC TV um, the the old go karting which we talked about last night and I tweeted out and said even though Ryan Fraser is on the highest rock as number one he still isn't the tallest out of the three which I thought was hilarious but um, just goes to show but they're all happy they're all enjoying preseason training is well under away now look Lee I'll come to you first and that. You know, we shared a number of pre-season friendlies last season. We went to, you know, a couple and we bumped into each other. You know, how how different does this pre-season look already um, to in comparison to what we already experienced last season? Well, the Calabar of opposition is the first one straight away. But look at, we're not playing Burton. We're not playing Rotherham. We're not going to Doncaster. We're actually going abroad and we're playing at the proper stadium lights abroad in Benfica and Lisbon. And then obviously just now you've got the two friendlies and then you've got the two big, you know, you think about these two sides that we've got to see in James Park, Bilbao, a very, very successful, you know, they sign a lot of players from the Basque region. And then you've got Atlanta, you've got to remember, they, they score goals for fun, Champions League team. So it's a better higher calibre of, uh, of, of opposition and they're going away as well. Uh, if you look at the, obviously, the trips that they're out now, 
it's abroad, and that obviously they'll, I would imagine they'll spend a few days in Portugal as well for the for the friendly. So it's a good opposition to see where Newcastle are at. But look, at, I think most importantly, it's to try and get um, minutes on the pitch, get get up to speed. Um, new new signings in particular, Nick Pope and Sven Bottom, especially Botman, I feel needs to. Um, not so much to learn the language because he speaks good English anyway, but just learn his teammates, learn the culture of English football. I think Nick Pope will be fine. And and if there is any new signings in the next week or two, try and get them in, get them out and broad. Even if they don't play, get them onto a squad and see how they get on and just get them to bond. Yeah, yeah I think you made a really, really good point. Um, you know, you, you, you've, you've talked about, obviously, one or two of those players coming in. Alex, I'll come to you. You know, um, from, from, from this perspective, you know, Alex is um, sorry. Lee's talked about some of the players coming in, and obviously the caliber of opposition. How influential and how important is Eddie Howe being there and having a preseason? We've all seen the video of what he did at Bournemouth, um, the way he was mic'd up, and and we saw the quality of preseason training he did a number of years ago. How how crucial do you think Eddie Howe will be to how successful this preseason is? Don't think there's a more important person, is there, Pete? Because Every single Newcastle United player pretty much last season got better under Eddie Howe and got, got better very quickly under Eddie Howe. So the fact that he's got now the most important part of the season in terms of training to spend with these players can only bode well. And and when fans talk about what Newcastle United can do next season, and there's a lot of emphasis placed on transfers, which is quite right for a number of reasons. We might get into it on the show later on. I think people look past sometimes just the impact that Howe has on footballers. So I'd expect Sven Botman to improve as a footballer just in pre-season because he's working under Howe and Tyndall. I'd expect Nick Pope to become a better goalkeeper. Um, you know, Howe didn't have a lot of training time with Trippier and Wilson last season. I'd expect both of those players to improve under Howe. So it's a great point you make, Pete. He's, he's absolutely essential. And I think you can tell on the, the training videos, which you all watch, which the club has released, how much the players seem to enjoy working under him, how much they seem to enjoy training sessions. It's a far cry from the kind of things we used to see. Definitely, I think so. I think, sorry Pete, I think no, to, just to jump in there, just to, to follow up on Alex's piece, I think the other the other good thing that I've really enjoyed is the content that's been put out by the club. Like, seeing yeah, the pre-season stuff, like, I've really enjoyed, and you know, I know you, you kind of, you used to get it when, you know, Barcelona used to sign a player on Madrid, you used to always get the bit of videos about the medical you know, the, the thumbs up while I sat on the bench with the heart monitors on and everything else. And I just really, I've really, really enjoyed seeing the inside of the workings of what happens when we get a player. We all know it happens, but it's great to physically see it. And I think, you know, when you see, um, you know, the goal carton, you know, and you're listening to the banter, you know, they were, they were all taking the mick out of Joe Linton for the way he was coming around the corners and he was giving it, you know, he was giving it back as good as he was getting it. I think you can really get a sense of the team spirit. And I think you know, the, the, the folks that are running the media, obviously in conjunction with the club from, from Newcastle TV and all the other ones, right down to the Twitter account, even Instagram, it's been absolutely brilliant since the club has changed hands. And I think it's just, it's a real credit to what's going out there. That again, in particular for an overseas fan, it really, really helps draw you back in and makes you feel part of that whole journey. I, I agree, and like like you said, for for those overseas fans seeing that little bit of content, uh, it, it 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 kind of I imagine Martin, it kind of makes you makes your day. You know, when you see that little uh, that thing pop up, 
that Newcastle have just put another bit of content out. I mean, it, it does make you day out. I, I don't know what, what you guys feel. When I see those videos pop up, I'm literally watching those videos with a smile on my face. Like, yeah. they, they, they might be just kind of... There was there was a video the other day where they were just they were just riding their bikes down the hill to training and parking up and I could feel a big smile on my face and they're just riding the bike but it's just additional content to see what the life is like of a Newcastle United player now under a proper ownership under proper management and coaching and you know what uh, you know, Martin alluded to it they they would just seem happy they would just seem really happy like at, at the club. But look, you know, um, Pete, Chris, I was just um, going to say, mate, just to yeah, just on. to add into what you've just said, and you know what, it's another, uh, yet another positive, you know, to talk about. I think one thing that we lacked over the last fourteen years under Mike Ashley, which I'm sure we'll all agree, is we, as a fan base, we were never listened to. And you know, when you were putting those pictures up, I, I was smiling after the Jesse Lingard picture. I was smiling <laughs> because, uh, you know, when we saw the the picture of the lads with the apple. And, you know, they were all on the bike and it reminds you of the shoulder picture. And again, yeah. it, it's 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 little little details, little things like that. Now, the, the media team, whether it be the owners, whoever it is, have obviously heard fans saying, oh, you know, they should have recreated the, the shoulder picture and stuff like that. And then next day, bang, there it is. And you just, it's those little minor details that make all the difference. And that that's how you get, you know, you bring you bring a fan base together and you bring a club together to to all march forward together and under mike ashley we've not had that and now you know we saw years ago didn't we when leicester lifted the premier league and we saw you know the way the owner come on the pitch and the players were all embracing them and everything and obviously leicester have had their own difficulties you know in terms of the the tragedy that happens but it brings the whole club together and it's 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 things like that which will which give us the you know the positive going forward, and it, it's think that that's what gets us all excited as fans. You know we've we've lacked that for so long now, and now you know we're a happy club. Um, Alex referred to it before. You know you you look at you look at the Premier League, and you know if you were trying to entice a player, if you look at the twenty clubs, and you said to a random player, you know which which club would you like to join, and you got a bit of background on all of them, I, I reckon we'd be in the top three every time for the player to choose. Because we're we're on our way up, and you know you look at clubs like Arsenal, you look at clubs like Man United, and they're 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 in a, a bit of a difficult place at the moment. They're on a bit of a rebuild, but we're 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 building, but we we're starting from the we've started from the bottom, and now we're only we're only going to go up, and we've only got really good things to look forward to. No, uh, um, I can't do anything but agree. It's definitely positive vibes in the room tonight. Uh, funny, funny just... thing with that picture though of the three on the bike. Was it just me, or was, was it was it just Miggy that actually looks like he's on, like he's the only one that fitted the bike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he's the only one you'd look at that picture and go, "Yeah, he's totally all right with it." The other two were kind of like a little slight speed wobble. Miggy's like, "Yeah, I'm perfect. I'm only, I'm only, I'm only about four foot three. And I was yeah. riding one last week, just like thoroughly into it. Joe's looking like he's about to fall off it. I know, Big yeah, Joe, the other yeah. two boys are, uh, yeah. It's great, Definitely. though. It's great to see. Great yeah. picture. It is. I, I've got to admit, I love this one as well. Um, the, look, you just see, Ryan, uh, look, I'm going off, I'm going uh, out, out of line here, but Ryan Fraser, like we talked about him this time last year, even even a couple of years ago, and there was talking that he wasn't happy that he was the, one of the moles in the camp and all the rest of it. Look at that! Look at his face. He just he just looks so happy, bless him. And actually, his performance at the back end of the season kind of, you know, it, it 
it illustrated the fact that you know he he is happy and he's really enjoying his football uh, right now. I mean, it's just stuff like that that makes me feel like you know just it brings that smile to your face. But R- Richard, we talked about we took, um, uh, I think it was Lee that referred to one or two of the the new um, players coming in early. Uh, you know how important is it that um, you know that those boys bed in? You know the likes of uh, Matty Target's already been here, but Nick Pope, you know, potentially is the number one. Sven Botman, let's talk about who he's going to be partnering with. How crucial is it those guys getting a preseason? Because we haven't had this before. It's really important, um, and the fact that you know we we looked at the. Saudi trip is quite a pivotal moment in you know the January window as well. You know we had a fantastic result against Leeds, and we took that momentum into that training camp, and we saw the positive vibes around that trip. And then, you know, the, the amount of what we're seeing at the moment, togetherness, pictures, and comments and stuff like that, and bringing out yes, okay, Matty Target's already been around the squad, so we'll know the lads. And um, you know, Nick Pope will be made to feel welcomed by some of his England colleagues. I know, uh, obviously, Chris Wood from. You know, he, he's moved from Burnley six months ago as well. So he's there's this face of the cabot he know might be a little bit more difficult for Sven Botman. Um, but you know, he's he seems to be a professional lad international. So he'll be looking at other international colleagues in the squad, you know, like your Trippier, your Callum Wilson's, Ryan Fraser's. You know, he's been t- in, in a lot of photographs with uh Emil Kraft as well, and we've seen some of the videos and stuff like so. He's obviously must have a connection with him there as well. Somehow, obviously, they both both played in uh, Lee K. as well, didn't they? So they might know each other from then. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really important. But I think the actually getting out of Newcastle and, you know, being a hotel and doing all the stuff they're doing now helps create chemistry uh, within the, 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 the camp, especially, you know, like, you know there's rumours about. Pope coming to, to overtake Dubravka. Now, Dubravka's going to want to prove that he's still the number one and he'll be professional enough to, to take the challenge on. Nobody wants to be guaranteed a shirt. Um, you know, they want to earn that shirt and keep it by right. Um, you know, like when we've had Darwin before, we've, you know, we always thought he was a good understudy, but we always knew that extra quality uh, when Dubravka came back in. He, at the end of the day, he's an international goalkeeper. Now we've got two international goalkeepers, one in England and one in Slovak international both vying for that number one place. So it's going to be really, really hard. And uh, to, to, to be fair, if any of them ever get injured, I don't think any of us would probably be bothered that you've got a, you know, an extra calibre goalkeeper to come in as well. But obviously that's that's not for us to turn around and worry about for Eddie Howe to make sure that they're, they're both still happy. You know, you'll guarantee that you'll see some in the cup games as well so that, you know, you won't want to have the, the, the first choice keeper in all the time. We're going to have a, a fantastic backup, but... You know, that, that's for Eddie Howe to worry about and keep them happy, but he seems to be doing a good job at the minute, but hopefully that continues when the season starts and they get on the pitch together. Definitely. And look, just before we get to some questions, Lee, Alex, we'll come to you because we'll, uh, as loaded as we've already had the conversation uh, about um, about the Dubravka-Pope situation. Actually, one thing I've noticed is that every time the like a video or a picture of Dubravka, he looks properly fully focused no smile on his face. He looks like he's properly determined to perform well in every training session. Even like there was a little clip where, um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a little clip of the goalkeepers and the ball gets the ball gets passed into Pope and Pope's touch isn't the best. And he kind of like, he, he kind of reworks it, plays the ball out. It get, gets played to Dubravka. 
his touch is immaculate, immaculate touch, perfect pass out. And he's just like so focused. And I just think, you know what? He's going to be bad up for it um, this season to really, really prove himself. But, you know, just a quick one for you guys, really. Uh, Leo, I'll come to you first. Um, first game of the season, Nottingham Forest at home. Um, who starts as number one, uh, in your opinion? Nick Pope. Any reason why? Why would you spend £10 million on a goalkeeper to sit on the bench, first of all? Yes, competition, I get what you're saying there, Pete, but he's an England international. I think I think he shades Dubravka marginally. I think Dubravka has got a bit of a mistake in him. Granted, the defence in front of him for the last five to six months towards the second half of the season, but I think when Dubravka is tested, he's prone to do a mistake. I think when Pope is tested, he makes less of them. And that's why I think Eddie Howe will go with Pope until ever Pope messes up or the cup game comes around, like the second round of the, Car- the Carlin Cup. Not to call that the Carabao Cup. It gets changed every year. But I think I think it will be Nick Pope. Okay. Alex? Yeah, I totally agree with, I agree with Lee. Uh, Lee, your, your reasons are spot on. I can't add too much to them, so I'll not. But what I will say, part of me absolutely loves that we went to Burnley on the last day sent them down, and according to journalists who know Burnley, saved ourselves 15 million quid on Nick Pope. I love the fact that we went there and we won that game and then we've, we've reaped the rewards of, of like turning up, putting in a good performance, and that's what happens when you're a good, serious football team that turns up on the day and got the three points and Burnley went down and the fact that, you know, journalists say that Nick Pope, Burnley's minimum valuation as a Premier League club was £25 million. So we've got we've got to have a look at him. You know, we've got to have a look at him. If he is a £25 million goalkeeper and, and the, you know, these are guys who watch Burnley, who know Burnley, he, he is better than Martin Dubravka. If that was his value. So I, I think for that reason alone, I'm, I'm fully behind Nick Pope. Great points. I think the interesting thing that I, I, I was, that's why I texted you earlier on, Pete, about the, the tweet that went out from the chart. No one that was uh, interested to say that uh, yeah, that uh, Burnley didn't get the full ten million. Charlton got a nice hefty sell-on fee from that, so it will be interesting how much of that was the sell-on fee they actually got that ten million. So, you know, it's, it's even a worse situation for Burnley when you think about it. <laughs> definitely, and we have, uh, as Alex said, we've definitely reaped the rewards there. But look, Jason Scott says. Uh, it's, a, it's a valid point. Um, Pope with our defence should be amazing. Our defence last season has already been documented, was very good. We've added Sven Botman to that. Um, it, 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 you know, it, it's likely we're going to go into that season um, really, really strong. And, and like Martin said last night, it was a really good point. We're not going to give any other team a 14-game head start this season. We're not. Um, and you know what? We might not even need to produce Champions League um, level form this season as long as we're consistent across the full season, it would be enough. We got 40, was it 48, 49 points at the end of the season, having had 14 less games to really turn up and, and do the business. You know, we were, we were you know, a, a two, two or three game run away from potentially knocking on the door for Europe. That's how good we were. So, you know, it, it's out there. It's very, very interesting. Um, uh, we've got, 330 in the live chat, which is fantastic. Uh, if you haven't clicked that like button, that thumbs up button, give that a click. It means a lot to the channel uh, by you doing that. Lots and lots of questions in the in the chat already, Richie. Um, I think we've got a few for, for Liam. Um, uh, sorry, not Liam. What am I about? For Lee and uh, Alex. My name's Rob. All right, Dave. All right, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll actually, you'll actually get away with that, Lee, so that's fine. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I have got a couple of little thank yous I want to do first. Uh, Jason Scott uh, is joined tonight as a new member, so thank you very much for becoming a member, Jason. Much appreciated. Also, uh, it was a chat that um, comment that was mentioned up uh, was from Taylor Sam, who wanted to know how to become a loaded member. There should be on if you look on the chat if you're on your mobile phone or your, or your PC a section where it says to subscribe, and there's also a section next to it now you can become a member and donate that way. Uh, and a couple of little uh, thank yous as well from Drew Knox for his uh, five pound donation as well, wasn't for the start of the coming season. Thank you very much, Drew, always appreciated. Uh, and also from Jordy Mick as well, uh, saying fantastic uh, guests as always. Looking forward to Lee's vlogs and he's on his away days travels next season as well. Uh, Jordy Mick, congratulations on your promotion. He, he did mention you've been put to manager as well in the chat as well, so congratulations yes. with that. Also, some love for Alex and the True Faith Gang uh, with uh, Dark by Design. Love Alex when he does the show with Charlie. are so funny as well. Adam McCarthy giving you some Pete some love as well. Said he can't wait for three weeks' time in the weird is returning uh, and the rest it of the is. league is hearing us. So that. that's some nice mutual love from the members in the chat for regards to uh, if you were on the panel tonight as well. But uh, so I just thought I'd go through all of that first. But uh, yeah, first question straight away, and it's—I'll get—I'll put this one to, to Lee. I know that well, the load of lads' thoughts on this. So I'll go with this one first. So Lee, right, lads, are we skint or what? Um, and also to back up on that, Jason Scott also says, does anyone think the owners are balking at attacking talent over forty million? I want to say we are—we um, are definitely not skint. Um, we are not the richest club in the world. We have the richest owners in the world. I think that's that's where a lot of confusion comes in. Um, Eddie Howe did say towards the end of the season that you know he's, he has got a balanced PIF uh, to come in. Uh, not PIF, sorry. The financial fair play to come in. I do believe some aspect of that. I think he's playing it down a little bit though because I think there is money there but it will eventually catch up if Newcastle keeps spending, spending, especially... Uh, one thing I did miss off earlier is, like you say, the commercial side. And you know, you've got we've got funny here for another twelve months. We all thought most of the fan base thought that was gone. We have a new sponsor coming, so I think more money to come in um, for the commercial side. I like to say, but we're definitely not skint. I think it will be money spent further this season, but I don't think it's going to be like three hundred million or no stuff like that. No bother. Uh, I'll get this one to Alex. It's from JJ, and he's mentioned that there's uh, negotiations probably going on with the city council to build a new trade, a new ground, children mile meters west, uh, as per Spurs, and part exchange the ground for new with for new parkland that will show off Leeds' territory and manage the park win-win. Have you heard much on this at all, there, uh, Alex? No, nothing. Um, uh, I, I have to profess I, I don't know loads about how you'd you'd be able to do that in terms of. Moving the, uh, you know, kind of knocking down your existing ground and building another one for to start with, you'd, you'd have to play somewhere else. So, uh, sorry, JJ, I'm not your man for this one. <laughs> Anyone else happen to know anything on, on it? Well, on that topic or not? Uh, nah, I think it's all rubbish. I'll open this one to both the guests tonight on this one. Um, Yano's put in the chat striker, holding midfielder, and a wide right forward. I'm sure these are the positions of the club are looking at. Would you agree with those things, or do you think there's anybody else that you that could be looking at? I think a strike and a winger's got to be the next next two. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Lee completely. I think you know to to get into the top six of the Premier League, you have to score about sixty goals. Man United did it with fifty-seven last season, but generally teams score between sixty and sixty-five just to get sixth place in the Premier League. Last season, we scored forty-four. Um, and even in the second half of the season that Pete was alluding to with the great form, 
if you extrapolate that across the season, would only have scored 50. So the current lads aren't capable, I think, of getting us to that 60-65 goal mark, even with Wilson fit. So you, you have to bring in more quality in those areas. That's what it, that's what it is. It's not endeavour, because we've got that. It's not passion. The lads who are here are great. We'll love them. But it's quality in that final third, and it's it's not cheap. No, but uh, Lee, I'll come to you with this one. Uh, from Another one from JJ. How many fans do you think want tickets um, as the 300,000 were only people that could apply? Sorry, I think it must be 30,000 then. I don't think it was 300,000. But the only people that could apply is they had tickets after 2019. Uh, he'd been going from 1970 to 2014 but couldn't apply. What, what What's your thoughts, obviously, on the season ticket situation? And, you know, it obviously brings up the questions again about, you know, expanding the ground or moving to a new ground. What's your thoughts on that, Lee? Nah, you kind of change the ground not. I'm I'm one of them old romantics. St. James's Park is our home. I think it's good, great for the club that they've got the demand back. I think Amanda Stavely and me had to be looking at that. I think, oh, great, you know, the demand's there. How can we then improve that? And there's obviously that, it opens up a whole kind of worms. How do you extend the Gallagher, the listed buildings behind the East Stand and so on? Do you rotate the stadium? Do you need a tunnel underneath to allow ambulances in and out the, out the hospital? What, there's loads of the land. Um, next to that and next to the metro, there's, there's just loads of issues there. Um, so the demand, I think it, it is going to be hard. I'm fortunate I've got a season ticket, but I'm still going to struggle. I like to get every way game, even I'm going to struggle because now the points are starting off like 130. 100, I mean, I got in Norwich, but that started off 120 last year. I think it was 120. That was just mental for Norwich City away, a side who were practically down. Newcastle was safe by that stage, so even I'm going to struggle just for a away game. So I think we're all in the same boat with that. Alex, anything you can add on to that? Your thoughts? Yeah, well, it, it's an interesting question from JJ, and and yeah, like I don't know about you lads, but I know someone. I think every fan, every current season ticket holder, knows someone who doesn't have a season ticket till ticket, but would take one if they could, and that doubles it. Because Newcastle got over 35,000 season tickets holders at the minute. I, I, I go big on this. I think Newcastle could fill out a 90,000 seat stadium at the minute. I really do. I, I honestly do. If you think if you think you can't buy them on, uh, you can't buy them in person anymore. You can't buy them over the phone anymore. That, that does exclude quite a few people. But Man City, uh, Man United uh, are advertising tickets every single game on TalkSport. They're trying to sell the tickets. Newcastle don't need to advertise the tickets. Fans... <laughs> Fans are like ready at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning in the working week, and there's 15,000 people online to get a Nottingham Forest ticket at 10 a.m. That's not, you know, think about all the people who are at work who can't get online. Think about all the people who think I'm not even going to bother because I've, I don't have a spare hour to give up to try and get a ticket. We could sell out an 80,000 seat stadium, no problem at all. And I agree with you, Lee. I would love to say it's in James's Park, but I'm really passionate about getting all those people into the ground, and I don't want it to become what people who were around in the early 90s said it became a bit of a closed shop where if you didn't have a season ticket, your chances of watching Newcastle live were very, very slim. And I think about all, all of us lads, and Lee, it'll be the same for you and, and Richie being local growing up, going to St. James's Park as a kid is really, really important in terms of how you connect with the club and how you grew up as a fan. And I just, I don't want... I don't want those kids to miss out on seeing this team, which is going to be a very successful team. And it'd be all us lads who have been there all our lives getting the opportunity. So it's a really complex debate, isn't it? The move ground. And I feel, I feel we are going to have to move ground to accommodate 30, 40,000 extra people, but it'll not happen anytime soon, if at all. If I just put in what, what happens if I play a devil's advocate and in 10 years time, we've got new owners who 
not 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 saying there's going to be a Mike Ashley, but you know, doesn't put any money in the club, and then we're stuck up a ninety thousand stadiums, ninety thousand seater, and we can only fill half of it because well, I don't know, maybe we're struggling, maybe we've been relegated or whatever. What happens then? But I suppose every single club that moves to a new ground or expands has that same conundrum, don't they? And they all take the risk. They all take, you know, Newcastle are going to go and play in the stadium. I mean, I don't know if you lads went across in 13 when we played in the Europa League, but wow, what a what a football stadium that is. And Benfica did the right thing to move, didn't they? So I just I just think that, that first of all, I don't think we'll have new owners in 10 years' time. I think PAF are here, you know, probably be here longer than any of us. Yeah, But it's, you know, you've got to plan for success. That's what the club used to not do. And I remember having a conversation with someone in the club where we played West Brom at home, end of 17-18, Rafa Benitez was in charge. West Brom had all been relegated and tickets sold out instantly. And people in the club were saying, oh, you know, we probably, won't, we probably wouldn't sell more tickets and all this. Like very negative, very kind of, oh, you know, you careful what you wish for. We don't want to build a new ground and not sell all the tickets. Liverpool are expanding their ground now. They're not worrying about not selling the tickets. Well, Man United went to uh, 74,000. They didn't worry about not, not selling the tickets because the plan for success. So I just think we've got a plan for the future and plan, plan for a successful future. I think, I think the other thing as well, Alex, if you, if, you, if you went back to, say, Arsenal fans or Man City fans, you know, and, and there, I, I get there's, you know, people are opposed to moving from St. James's and where do you move the ground to and all that kind of stuff. But at some point, I think it is a reality that we will need to do something as a club if you want that continued growth. Because I think you know, with more success, you know, you need to grow, and that and the ground needs to do the same. And you know, more and more fans will be attracted. <clears throat> and I'm sure City fans and 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 you know Arsenal fans when they spoke spoke about leaving Highbury and leaving Main Road didn't want to move, but they did. And you know, you bring you you do still bring the heart of the club with you and the fans because the fans are the heart of that club. Yes, it's nice to have it in the city. But I think for me as a fan, if it meant moving somewhere, but to accommodate, like you said, um, Alex, to get that extra twenty or thirty thousand in, uh, I'm, I think that's the right thing to do. For me, coming from Dublin, um, I've, I have a membership this year. I don't have a season ticket. I gave it up when I moved across back back across to Dublin. So it's either getting a ticket if I'm lucky enough through membership once every, every once they're available. Or as me, Richie, and the lads were talking about, we do something as a one-off and go hospitality, where we'll get a bit of grub and a pint and we'll get a game ticket. Um, or I'm reliant on people in the chat or mates or Richie or somebody else or you know, reaching out to you guys or to other people I know and saying, listen, I'm over this weekend. I'm flying in Friday, going home. Somebody can give us a ticket. And, and that's just the way it is. You know, If we had a bigger ground, I would happily pay the money for a season ticket and give it to somebody to use while I wasn't there to guarantee I had a ticket. Martin, it's a really good point you're making. Obviously, it's personal to you because you have to make that journey. But I, I get contacted by people coming from Australia, coming from Malaysia. They're doing exactly what you do, Martin. They're coming without expectation of a ticket. You know, yeah. they would love a ticket. They ask me if I can get a ticket, uh, try and help people where I can. But it's, it's harder and harder these days to do so. But, but ultimately, you ha- the club is going to have to try and capture these worldwide fans and give them an opportunity because it's one thing to say buy our shirt buy our tv subscription do all this kind of thing wherever you are in the world support Newcastle United but unlike Man City Man United Liverpool Arsenal who who do provide experience for fans abroad and it's very expensive but they do provide opportunities for them to go and watch games we we don't do that at the minute because it's Mm. so hard to buy tickets 
that far in advance in the host- even now hospitality packages are almost completely sold out before the season started so the club like you correctly said the club wants to grow to that level it is going to have to provide the facilities for its ever expanding fan base to be yeah. involved in the football club not just watch it from afar that's going to be Absolutely. very important in the years to come yeah i think the other the other thing for me is i'd i'd love i know obviously we don't you know we do we we do have you know obviously the 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 club's tv channel but I'd love them to do for overseas fans. I'd love them to do a full-on, everyday home home and away matches on a subscription, like you can get in 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 the states. Like you can get you can get them with American football. You can get a subscription where you know I know the New England Patriots do. Me and Richie are, are NFL fans, and you can buy a subscription that lets you watch every single game throughout the season. So as an overseas fan, I think that's something that I know. There's obviously broadcasting rights and other bits and pieces to take into account. But if there if there was something of that option, that again as an overseas fan is something I would buy, because at least I could say, well, I can I can watch every game, you know, I can enjoy. Okay, it's in sitting in my bar or sitting in front of my TV. It's not the same as you know being with Lee and meeting up in Burnley or meeting up somewhere else and having a couple of jars and then going to the game. But at least I can watch it. You know, at the minute I'm relying on a dodgy stream or. You know, it being on Sky or being somewhere else, and I think there's a whole bigger picture um, that the club need to look at from an overseas fan perspective um, of the club. And I think there's a there's a good chunk of work to be done on it, like you said. Pete, did you have a top on that top, uh, topic, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was talking about. So you know, Alex, you made a point about you know that we, that we could fill out a ninety seat stadium, and, I, and and you're right, I think we could um, for the points that you made. Um, and I think we talked about this on the on the uh, the Super Club Patron Show uh, when we talked about capacity. Um, what, in your opinion, and Lee, feel free to come in with this. What, in your opinion, would be an acceptable capacity uh, of stadium if we were to move or or be expanded um, at St James's Park? Um, and the the reason why I say that is because what what's meant a lot to me seeing the second half of this season um, is, yes, we've been filling out 52,000, which I fully expected anyway, and we will continue to do, no doubt. But what I loved about our games at St. James's Park, and um, I, I saw it firsthand, um, particularly in that Leicester game, is the cauldron that it creates. You could see the nervousness of the Leicester players that have experienced playing in Europe at the top level, but came to St. James's Park in previous seasons and literally ran away with it, played at 50% and still won comfortably, walked out and you could see, you walked out in that stadium and you could see the nerve, the nerves. Leicester fans for 10, 15 minutes barely even sung a song. They were nervous. All they did, and speaking to some that went to the game, were just taking photos and just looking at war flags and what they're put up. I, I worry about is getting a stadium that's too big that on some occasions, some days, doesn't sell out completely and we lose that cauldron. So I'll go back to the point, Alex Lee, what what capacity do you think would be acceptable but would keep that cauldron of fans and keep that nervousness and keep that fortress that we're trying to build? One of, one of the things that I think of when you're saying that there is these kind of conversations that we're having right now, people were having in 1999, 2000 when they were extending the ground, saying all of the exact same things, it's going to lose its atmosphere. It's not going to be a cauldron anymore. And yet you are talking about that extension being exactly that. So I'm not too worried about the size of stadium and, and losing that because 
a lot of football clubs fans have those same discussions anytime there's change to their stadium, which they used to, and it's got uh, set patterns of fans in various areas. I think if you had a bigger stadium, by the way, you know, just imagine we had an 80,000 seat stadium. How many do you think Nottingham Forest would bring on the first day? We give them, we give them 10,000. They'd sell it. The atmosphere gets better because of that. So it's not, it's, you know, you are extending your ground for Newcastle fans. But I hate the fact that Newcastle only get 3,000 at Norwich. So it's 120 points when, you know, we'll go to some games sometimes and uh, you get 3,000 seats and the, the home end is only three quarters full. And you're like, what, you know, what's what's all this about? So that this, I, I, I think Newcastle can be the biggest football club in, in Britain. It take a long time because there's some established clubs there, but I believe in the club. So I think we have to go bigger than what's already there. And I, I'd look at Wem- Wembley's the biggest stadium in the United Kingdom at 90,000. And, and, and I'd love Newcastle to match that. Because if Newcastle are going to be a Champions League title-chasing side, I promise you, we'll fill it. If, if we are chasing titles, we will fill it. There's, there's tens of thousands of people out there who, who, are, who don't know the Newcastle fans yet across the country. And, uh, and they'll help us fill it. And everyone who can't get in at the minute but wants to, they'll help us fill it too. So I'd go 90,000. If we build it, they will come. Simple as. And that's a model. I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, which is why I said it. Um, Richard, did you say you had a, a quick follow-on before? I know Chris has got... Yeah, it was just obviously what they were saying about the you know the, the design of the ground and stuff like that. Now, obviously, Martin's already mentioned about the uh, NFL and stuff like that. Now, the team I follow, the Seattle Seahawks, now, they've got the going-on-stadium design here. Now, obviously, the, the one concern, the major concern that a lot of fans have got is it won't have the atmosphere St. James Park has now. I think one of the things um, you have to do is you have to look at the design of the actual stadium as well. You know, like a lot of people have said, obviously, the West Ham and the Et- and, and the Etihad as well. They were stadiums that have been adopted as a football ground. Yeah. Um, you know, they were you know athletics grounds originally, so they've struggled to get the atmosphere. I think one of the key points would be is when they're actually designing the ground is uh, take the consideration little things like the acoustics of the architecture in the actual stadium as well. So if you actually go and look at the uh, the Seattle Seahawks gr- uh, ground, uh, Lumen Field, it's actually open on one end, but the two main stands are like crescents, but it's still the loudest stadium in the NFL. It, but you know, the atmosphere there is second to none, which was one of the reasons why I fell in love with the Seahawks as a team, because there were so many similarities to the New- Newcastle fans and what the Seahawks fans were. So, you know, that that's... I think you can look to something like that as well. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest. I know, as Alex said, if you build 90,000, I can guarantee you, you, you know, you, you, they'll come for 90,000 sort of thing. But I think you'd probably go to something where you might start at something like 70, 75, but have the ability to build on that, expand again as you go forward sort of thing. So uh, that was just a little point I want to do with that. I think it's not just about, you know, don't be scared about moving grounds if that was something the owners decided to do. You know, well, I think, and obviously Alex has, you know, knows how well the trust done in the past when they can give feedback to the club. Little things like that, the design of the architect, where they can take the acoustics into effect as well to keep that atmosphere feeling like it is for. So the visiting team, as you know, Pete mentioned, you know, you look at the Everton game, you look at the Leicester game, look at the Arsenal game, where the opposition team just, you know, fall a bit because of how good it, it is in that side of that ground. I think you've also got to look at safe standing. The club are now looking at yeah. it, especially with the way fans. Because we know at St. James' Park, you've got the Gallagher corner. And then the atmosphere has been a lot better since the takeover. I think that was naturally happening. Every single away game, Newcastle fans, absolute madness. Um, safe standing, I think, will help a lot. Not just Newcastle, I think it will help other clubs as well. That core support 
because naturally if you're standing up you you sing more naturally i don't sing as much as because i'm sitting it changes park i'm on my feet constantly in away games singing so i think it's natural if you're standing you will shout louder yeah uh, there was one other question. I know we're getting close to the end of the show, but it was just one that was specifically for Alex, uh, and it was from Nath Davis. And he turned out and said, uh, "Wonder what Alex's thoughts are on NUST councilmember trying to encourage a boycott because of the pre-season ticket prices." That had to be mentioned, didn't Alex? I, I don't have any thoughts, Nathan. Right? It's just just a load of Twitter shite. I, that, that, that's 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 how it came across to me. The NUST council hasn't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't exist anymore. I don't think. And um, e- even if it did. You know, if people don't like the price of the friendly tickets, it's a, it's a, a view I respect and understand. You know, like I, I'm lucky that I can. I'm going to go to both friendlies. I'm going to see Newcastle twice in 24 hours because I can pay the 40 quid. But not everyone's like that. I don't think one guy tweeting that he thinks fans should boycott is uh, is more than just one guy tweeting something. And he's entitled to tweet it. And good luck to him. You know, no hard feelings from me. And uh, yeah, just uh, that, that's made me laugh. Cheers, lads. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to Daz, who uh, he's usually on, on the show, but unfortunately, he's not in tonight. He has been in the chat, though. So, uh, we're thinking of the Ben. Uh, Daz obviously had a little fall at nursery today, and uh, we haven't got the exact ins now, but we hope he's all right. Uh, and he also wants to say thanks to uh, Alex and Lee for joining the channel as well. Uh, a couple more donations to shout out, Shane Mawson. Thank you very much, mate. Um, for your little donation, always appreciate it. We know you're always down uh, down under the early hours of the morning for you there. Roy, who won our uh, LaSalle's training top of the day, uh, he's still paying for it <laughs> by the super sticker there. Thank you very much, Roy. We hope you're getting that soon. And also Nathan as well, who's uh, put a donation as well. Uh, yeah, I've really got... I know, Chris, you've got one top question you wanted to fire in a while since we finished that little discussion. So I think we'll give you that as the last question before we do sponsors and round up. Yeah, of course, mate. I won't keep it too long, but I was just, I was just very interested uh, to get Alex and Lee's opinion on this because I meant to bring it up the other day on the uh, on the fully loser transfer show, Pete, and I completely forgot to bring it up. Um, we've seen in the last couple of days, which surprised me quite a bit, that um, Raheem Sterling's moved to Chelsea. Now I know there was rumours, you know, we we've been linked with Callum Hudson Odoi, and by the way, I think that was Pete that kicked all that off. It was funny because Pete Pete mentioned it, and uh, next thing you know, it's it's blown up, you know, on Twitter, national media, and stuff like that. Um, but I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts on whether you think you know there's an opportunity for us to possibly look at you know the likes of Ziyech, the likes of Pulisic, because surely for me anyway, surely I'm I'm thinking that Chelsea. You know, we're going to have to offload at least one, if not two, of those players. And I just wondered if you thought that, you know, that was a, a player that, you know, you, well, one, you'd be interested in, or two, that you think we'd look at. I, uh, I think that Eddie Howe has been really clear on on the wage structure at Newcastle. I think the lads you mentioned there would blow that wage structure. And, and, and when we're talking about getting Diaby, the reason you can talk about Diaby for £60 million is he's in the Bundesliga. Where yeah. the average wage yeah, yeah, is yeah. two million a year less than the Premier League across all players, so you can bring in Bruno and you could maybe bring in a Diaby um, or a Botman, and their wages are the same as Callum Wilson or in the ballpark. If you take one of those lads from the Premier League, they're on three hundred grand a week. Ster- you know, Sterling's on over three hundred and fifty grand a week at Chelsea. We are, we'll be, we'll be there, we'll get there, but uh, it's a bit early yet, my view, Chris, mate. Yeah, I would what definitely. Yeah, sorry. I'll definitely take a look. I've said it on my channel. Diaby's like in all competitions, league and cup. He got seventeen goals for a winger. Seventeen goals for for 
for a wing in the Bundesliga and Cup games. That's phenomenal. 14 assists. Won't get him. Because if he goes and has a good World Cup for France, his value is going to jump by 20 million quite easily. Um, I would probably take one of those three on loan just to be on the safe side. So we want Lombard with a massive wage bill. Probably Hudson or Dye because I think he'll, he's still young. And if you want to go and buy him, I don't think he's on as high wages as the others. I know he was linked to buy Munich a couple of years ago, but I'd probably have him. Because the way I look at it is, who have you got off the bench who can change a game? We're still at this position now, and it'll come like Alex has said. But right now, Miguel Miro's not going to change a game. He's not. Jacob Murphy's not going to change a game from the wing. We need squad depth. I think, you know, Callum Hudson Adai is more realistic, but go and get the Abbey. Go and splash the cash. Go crazy for him. Well, I just wanted to add on there really quickly that um, obviously, I don't know if anyone's read today. I, I, I talk about positivity about Diabe, and then Luke Edwards comes out today and says, no, it's off. Not happening, looking at the targets and just ruin my day. So thanks, Luke Edwards. It's not the first time. <laughs> don't believe everything Luke says. <laughs> I don't I don't get to see it because I'm blocked by him anyway. So <laughs> I yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. So it could be done, potentially could still happen. I believe it will. Um staying slightly more positive, but that was just a little transfer update from our full load of transfer show last night. I think we've got one one last question. Yeah, and then I'll ask it to all of you, and it's just literally a one-word answer, really, and it's from Dark Design, uh, and it's heard. he said that he's heard that Ekiteki, Hugo Ekiteki, if anyone's unsure on that, uh, wants to come now because PSG don't want him. Should we still go for him? Mart? No. Pete? Nah. Chris? I'm going to be controversial and say yeah. I think if Eddie R wants him and he was you know, the target of the club and you know we've done our homework on him, if he comes back with his tail between his legs, I, all can be forgiven, in my opinion. Now, we'll just the one word answer, yeah. uh, Alex. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yes from me. At Lee. 100%. There you go, three to two. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll... I'll see a no just even the books up there, eh? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> on the fence loading bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the fence loading bag. <laughs> yes. but, right, um, there you go then, there, Pete. No, it's been fantastic. Look, well, in terms of questions and, and chat, I, I'll, I'll leave it there. Fascinating chat. Um, lots and lots of really good questions about, um, you know, Newcastle in general. Really, really good yeah, conversation about the stadium and, and how we see that going. Um, lots more we could have discussed. I'm sure we, we can get Lee and Alex uh, back on at some point later on down the line to discuss it a little bit further. Let's do it again. Yeah, if you guys are up for it, 100% we'll try and um, uh, sort that out. But massive thanks to yourself, Lee, for coming on. Second appearance for both yourself and Alex. Great to have you on the channel. Great to have your opinions. Look, if you've read the chat tonight um, from, you know, 360 370 that have been watching live for the majority of the hour you know they massively appreciate what you do individually lee and alex both on uh, newcastle fans tv and true faith so keep up the great work and and like i say it's uh, it's great to be able to you know sort of collab with with, with yourselves as is as loaded and, and and talk newcastle with you it's um uh, it's definitely been a, a positive vibes type of show tonight and um I, i'm all for that that is for sure Thanks for having us, Pete, and I uh, look forward to your bear hugs when I see you in the, in the stadium. 
<laughs> Definitely. Hey, as long as those goals keep flying in, those bear hugs are coming. Don't worry about that. Um, Let's hope I'm we've not got no lit people tuning in and that you two boys have a safe word. So. <laughs> I'm worse, I'm, I'll be honest, Chris knows because we've experienced it as well. Uh, I'm worse with the people that I don't know. Uh, they don't know who I am uh, and all the rest of it, but we just that's the that's the beauty of Newcastle. I yes. you know, I could just go to a game on my own and and meet two or three new people and celebrate with them like I've known them for ten years. That's the beauty of going to watch Newcastle United, and I'm I'm all here for that. But look, we'll end it there. We, we uh, we'll go to the sponsors, the fantastic sponsors, um, uh, Richie, uh, uh, and then we'll we'll see out the show. Yeah, no bother. So once again, uh, everyone knows our charity partner, Shyburn. Simon's been in the chat tonight, uh, shyburns.com. His range of clothes and caps for any mental health uh, charities. And obviously, we all know Martin and myself have, issue, uh, have suffered from issues ourselves with that as well. So to something that's really close to our heart on that. And also, he's designed the loaded T-shirt. I don't think any of the lads are wearing it tonight. Uh, but as you can see, there's a multi-range of colours there you can choose from there. So if you like them... Oh, Pete's... Go. Pete's actually holding his up again tonight. Uh, he'll actually put wear it one day, but uh, there you go, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, that'll all be right. doing that'll be doing the rounds in Turkey in a week in ten days' time, mate. Yeah, ah, there it is. Is. it yeah. is. There we go. Yeah. You know, what? I'll come right. back with them in bulk. You, you can see, you can see Pete <laughs> walking down the street with that somewhere in Turkey, and someone going, "Ah, my friend, it's Dave." <laughs> <laughs> You don't laugh at Mark. You're not laughing. <laughs> I don't laugh at me. I don't exactly. Uh, well, we've got on to uh, pins and prints next. Uh, Dean has got his fantastic range of uh, any football prints, really, you can get from any club. But, of course, we're more concerned about the NUFC ones. Uh, you've got Eddie Howe's Army, Kieran Trippier, the old retro shirts, 95-96 one. Uh, you've got your, your Shira prints and also you've got some iconic Newcastle goals. Uh, and this is the Bruno one against Southampton last year as well. As I said, the limited edition pin badge as well, which he's got the hat and Ben Arthur. There's also Jonas uh, Gutierrez one on the website as well. Uh, we've also uh, got Retro NUFC. You'll see that they're all over uh, Twitter. He's got a new drop coming in tomorrow. He's put some really, really nice tees and photographs on Twitter. So I don't know if you've seen them on the rounds there, but there's some nice stuff on there. He's also got uh, a, a market. He's going to be at Tynemouth Market on the... Saturday morning of the Atletico Bilbao uh, game. So if you want to go along to the market for on the morning, see if you can pick yourself up a nice retro shirt uh, before going to the game, by all means, have a go along and have a look. Uh, those three sponsors, you do get, if you actually buy anything there, if you go to the checkout and you add loaded mag to in the discount code, you will get 10% off your purchase. That is for everybody, not just to, uh, if you remember. And also our newest sponsor, Machine House, Newcastle-based uh, brand, Quality clothing company with T-shirts. Uh, they've got hoodies in there. Martin's sometimes in the chat. I don't know if he's been in tonight. I don't know if anyone else has seen him in there. But there's uh, some fantastic range there. It's, you know, it's good to have them on board. Uh, also, if you get onto their mailing list uh, and you sign up, you will get 10% off your first purchase there as well. Yeah, there you go. The hoodies and uh, I think the white T-shirt's back in stock. You'll probably correct me now if I'm wrong, but I know he was stocking up yesterday. Um, with a few bits, so yeah, as Rich said, if you get on, there is a ten percent discount as soon as you hit the checkout once you're on the mailing list. So get on to it. There you go. Over to you, Pete. No, it's it's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Um, we are back again tomorrow night. We're 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 back for more, uh, as always, and we've got um, 
for another transfer special, um, a pre-season roundup with Liam Kennedy and our very own Jordan Cronin. Um, after the game um, against 1860 Munich, so they'll give us the lowdown um, and that perspective of being at the game and talk all things pre-season and what to expect maybe in the next game against Mainz. Um, so really looking forward to that. Eight o'clock, um, that show will go live. And again, we've got uh, the Goodfellas. The Goodfellas uh, gurus are back. Um, and, uh, we've got the Geordie Dentist and Stu Penman. going to be talking all things Newcastle United. And maybe some things that are not Newcastle United. We'll, uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it, Richard. So we'll, uh, we will see with regards to that. But look, boys, we'll leave it there. Uh, Lee, massive, massive thanks. Alex had to shoot a recording that he needs to do. Um, uh, it's been a great one. Thank you for everyone in the chat. And we will um, speak to you again see you tomorrow. Very, very soon. Very soon, exactly. Um, yeah, do we want to do a anyhow? Yeah, I'll click the button. Well, go on. You can, someone click the button. I'm not doing yeah, that. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining. Right. See you tomorrow. Oh.